Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey Listen Gamescast. This is episode 92. Thank you for joining us here today. We are here to talk about one of the best weeks uh, for gaming of the entire year. Uh, we're talking, obviously, about Nintendo Labo, the most greatest game that has ever come out to grace us with its presence. Good job for saying most greatest <laughs> with incorrect English because it's made for babies. <laughs> so not only <laughs> oh Nintendo Labo, we are yes. talking about the second greatest game to come out this year, which is uh, God of War. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, uh, God of War, obviously, has been getting 10 out of 10s all over the place, um, getting amazing reviews. So it is... We talked about last week, you know, Nathan, you said it was the highest rated PS4 game of all time. Yeah, exclusive. Um, exclusive. Yeah, and so it's doing really, really well. Nathan and I have uh, put a good good amount of time into it so far, so we share impressions of that game as well as some hands-on impression of Nintendo Labo. Um, so my name is Jeffrey Morse, and uh, Nathan Wagner is here with me. Boy! <laughs> and we also have the other boy across the internet, Rob Douglas. Can't I be like Kratos? I have the beard for it. You, you do, do look the most have, like Kratos. You do most look the most like Kratos, just because of balding in beard. Well, I have the body of <laughs> Kratos, though, so you have the body uh, of Kratos. Yep, guys. If you don't I know, could, I could take on if you don't know Jeff in real life, he's the opposite of the body of Kratos. All three of us are skinny white guys. It's true, <laughs> um, but that will be our main segment. Before we do that, we have some news and. We have Humble Mundle news, guys, and Rob is not the one who wanted to talk about this. It is me. I bought a Humble Bundle today because uh, they actually have a PlayStation Humble Bundle up right now. It's, uh, I think, available for the next uh, Til 10, May 10 days or something like that. Yeah, about two weeks. Yeah. Um, and it's a Sega Cross Capcom uh, Humble Bundle. And so in this Humble Bundle, there is a ton of different games that you can get. And if you pay just $1, you can get the original Dead Rising remastered for PlayStation 4, um, which is an awesome, you know, last-gen game. Uh, Crazy Taxi on the PS3, and then Super Monkey Ball and Dust Force for PlayStation Vita, which I don't have a Vita, but, you know, who cares? It's freebie, Some, right? <laughs> someone out there has a Vita. Someone will have it. Yeah, they'll put, put some Vita love in here. But if you beat the average, which when I bought it was about 8 bucks, so about $8, $10, um, you get the original Resident Evil HD, Mega Man Legacy Collection, which is the first six Mega Man games, like the best ones. Um, and I was actually excited because I actually sold, traded that one in, and so now I have it, again, digitally. Uh, another Resident Evil code, uh, Veronica X, Sonic Generations, which is like the best Sonic game they've put out in the last decade. Um, besides Sonic Mania. Yeah, besides Sonic Mania. Best 3D Sonic, I guess. And then uh, Binary Domain for PS3 and Alien Isolation, which is based off the original Alien movie and got pretty well received. It's kind of like a walking simulator horror type game. And that's I think that's, PS4. that's yeah. kind of the one I'm that's the most PS4. excited for on this yeah. one. I've been watching Alien Isolation. I've been tempted to pick it up on sales before. And so like just paying the $8 yeah, for that same. game alone was pretty much worth it. And then also getting Dead Rising and uh, Mega Man, a couple other games as well. Um, I think is really awesome. And then if you pay 15 bucks or more, you also get Dead Rising 2 for PlayStation 4 and Valkyrie Chronicles remastered with all the DLC and uh, uh, 60 frames per second, all the HD and all that. So really, really awesome bundle if you are a uh, PlayStation owner, especially if you own all three. Like you have the PS3, PS4, and the Vita. Um, this is a really great bundle that you should definitely check out. Like I said, I'm only was only interested in really two or three of the games, but yeah. for $8, it's kind of a... No brainer, and I love supporting it when they do these console bundles because all you know, most of the humble bundles are all PC like Steam stuff. So it's really nice to get a, 
uh, a console, console bundle. bundle. Yeah, for what, sure. What do, you, do you think you guys are going to get the, get this bundle? Um, it's at first, I wanted to say yes, but then I was like, <clears throat> Dead Rising, I'm kind of over zombies a little bit, and I hate horror games, so Resident Evil <laughs> is like it's not the like opposite a... of appealing to me. Okay. Um, yeah. Alien Isolation is really tempting, though, because I have been thinking about that, so that might tempt me over the edge, but we'll see. I thought you just said you hated horror games. Well, it's like kind of a cooler <laughs> horror. I don't know. Like you're fine with aliens, but not like zombies. Yes. Okay. I guess I don't know. We'll see. Says the guy who bought zombie sense. you with his Wii U. Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> what about you, Rob? Um, my biggest problem is I don't have a PS Vita or a PS3. Yeah. Yeah. So it's can you justify it for? For, P- for just getting the PS4 games. and I mean, these are some solid games. I wish Sonic Generations was on PS4. Cause yeah, that would yeah just me be too. I saw that and I thought super it was cool. on, on PS4. And I was like, ooh, I'm in. But since I saw it was on PS3, my PlayStation 3 died like a year ago. Yeah. And doesn't really work anymore. So, Yeah, I do have but this PS3. is almost worth it just to get, like, Alien what? Isolation and Valkyrie yeah. Chronicles. Yeah, I mean those are those are two games that I've that have been on my list to play for a long time, and yeah. so having them on PS4 would just be super cool because then it's not limited by the limitations of your software or console or hardware. I mean, and for fifteen dollars, <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's not limited by the Steam list. <laughs> yeah, well, for fifteen bucks, like that's the price of like really any game that goes on sale. Like you don't really find games cheap. Yeah, than like that any triple A game that goes on sale will be like fifteen dollars. Yeah. Like I think the cheapest, cheapest I've seen game. Alien Isolation went on sale for like twelve dollars once. But yeah. like pay three more dollars you get a handful of other games um as well. So um really cool of Sega and Capcom to kind of partner and uh put these games out. And if you if you're not aware what Humble Bundle is, you can basically buy a little bundle of games and you can kind of choose what you want to pay and um you will get to choose kind of where your money goes. So you can tip the humble bundle organization you can put it you know 30 percent of your money towards the developers of those games and then they also raise charities so like for me i think i put like three dollars and fifty cents of my like eight bucks or whatever towards charity so you can really choose where that money's going it tells you where what the charity is so it's very very upfront so it's just a really really great um really great organization that Mm -hmm. gets great deals and they they raise raise some awareness and money too so it's it's good yeah so definitely check that out. If you have a PlayStation, let us know if you will be partaking in that Humble Bundle. Yep. All right, Rob, next news piece. This is a game that you've been really excited about. Oh, I'm so excited I about this. I know you haven't got to play it yet, but Detroit Become Human has a demo out today, and it is basically the original kind of hostage demo that we saw when this game was first when they revealed. they first revealed it, yeah. Yeah, and so um, this is the first demo. It's basically the fully realized, you know, final version of this encounter. But it is a full demo, and it's out for anyone to uh, check out right now. So are you guys going to be downloading this? I know, Rob, you probably are, right? Yeah, I'll download this. I didn't get a chance to do it today. Uh, Today was just kind of crazy and all, but I'm definitely doing this and going to play through this demo maybe once or twice. Maybe one time I'll do my best to be as good as possible, and maybe one time I'll (laughs) accidentally kill them both. Yeah, I saw... um, I'll definitely... check this out i mean it's free why not yeah but i saw a really cool thing they added in apparently is at the end of the mission they'll like show you kind of a tree of your choices and stuff like that and it'll show mm-hmm. you which branch you took and then here are all the other branches you could have taken if you chose mm, made yeah. these other decisions and stuff like that that's which cool. is awesome that's, that's really cool that made into the game because they kind of like teased that in the original kind of review like mm-hmm. oh look at all these different outcomes that could have happened but to really fit that into the final game and have that be Part of the gameplay, yeah. I think, is something really unique. I mean, it won't show you, like, hey, if you did this, it won't say, like, this person would have died or something like that. It'll just be, like, 
these are the other optional things that yeah. you could have gotten. So you know, there's this many other choices. So it leaves a bit mm-hmm. of a mystery too. Yeah, it makes you want exactly. to go back and exactly try to try it another way. I'm wondering if the the full game will have that. If you'll be able to like um, replay things, or if it's kind of like a Telltale game where you just stick with your choices till you get to the end, and then you can replay. Oh, like, like like if you play one section, and you're like, actually, I want to go back and redo that. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I I I would guess that it probably once you make a choice, you probably can't go back unless you start a whole, whole new game. But yeah. it would be cool if if they allowed you to do that. Yeah, but, I yeah. Mean, I, I would I would feel it more at least maybe like after you, you said Nathan. The game. Yeah, after you finish the game, I'm sure they will. Yeah, so. yeah. I feel like it would be more like what you said, Nathan. Just more once you get make a decision, you ha- you're stuck with that decision because. It's probably going to be like Telltale is really good at the lose lose situations. Yeah, exactly. like no matter what you choose, you like something is going to go wrong, and you're going to feel like a jerk, and someone's going to die. Yeah, and that I feel like that's going to be pretty pretty heavy throughout this game. Is that no matter what decision you make, it might be the best decision, but it still will have extreme consequences. Yeah. So you got to kind of live with that and play through the game that way, and maybe you can go back and play chapters eventually. But the worst lose lose situation I think I've ever experienced in a Telltale game was the original Walking Dead. You had like to hand out the food rations to like your group, and like you had like, uh, like two two pieces of food, and like you can hand it to two people, make those two people kind of happy, and then everyone else would just hate you and be like, oh. Yeah, so, so the kids are more important. The dead weight, yeah. You, let's not keep the adults alive. And if you don't give it to the kids, and they go, wow, I can't believe you heartless jerky to feed the kids. <laughs> it's like, what was I supposed to do? Yeah, that was, that's a good one. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get a lot remember, of those in Detroit. I remember sure. fretting about that one a long yeah. time. Saying they're going, who do I give the apple to? <laughs> Whoever oh, knew gosh. an apple could be stressful. But, uh, all right. Well, speaking of the original Walking Dead season one, the creators of that, uh, Campos Santos, has been bought by Valve. This is um, dun dun dun, which is I'm sad as a console kind gamer. of very surprising. Like no one saw this coming. No one predicted it when yeah. the news came out this last week. Everyone was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so Campos Santos, obviously, their only game is Firewatch. Yep. They, they made that came out to pretty good. Pretty good reviews. Um, I know Nathan, you and I really, really enjoyed. I love that, that game. Yeah, and that game was like it was founded as a new studio. Like I said, the people who founded it were the people who made Walking Dead season one and stuff like that. So they kind of yeah. came from that walking interactive simulator, story. interactive storytelling yeah. genre. Um, yeah. And they now, do. They do have one new I mean, game. Firewatch is such a. Firewatch is a what? Firewatch is Firewatch is so great. Sorry, cut out there for a moment. <laughs> Firewatch is oh. so great that. You know, I mean, it's cool that they've just kind of come out as this indie studio, and they have a game coming out later next year, I think, yeah. in uh, the Valley of Gods. Right now, in the Valley of the yeah. Gods, which both look so like the art style, super cool, and everything. But this is just bizarre. Well, like, like I'm worried that, out by like, Valve. They've already announced Valley of the Gods, I think, for like PlayStation and like consoles and stuff. But like, this mean like after this, like they're just going to be making like exclusive titles for like Steam. Or, like, what does this mean kind of going into the future? Are they just going to absolve them and start yeah. having them work on their own Valve projects? Like, Well, Valve had a statement when they bought them. Rob, do you have that statement up? Yeah, uh, the Campo Santo uh, representative, he basically said that w- even though we are bought out by Valve, we're no longer, like, we are going to still produce games on consoles. We are not just going to be PC exclusive. Okay, good. So it (laughs) does sound like we're still going to have it, but does that mean, you know, they are going to work on Valve games? Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be, like, obviously when they they also said, like, 
everyone who's working at the studio, which is a small studio, only 12 people, they all still have yeah. their jobs. They're all just still working full-time on Valley of the Gods. Like, they're basically doing the same thing as before. I think, like you said, Jeff, the interesting thing will be in two years, like, after their Valley of the Gods has come out, then what does Valve do, do with them? Mm-hmm. Do they just say, hey, you have creative freedom, just start a new another game like this? Or, hey, we have an idea, we want you to work on, like, a Portal game, or we want yeah. you to work on... One Half-Life of our other franchises, or I don't know. We'll see. But, maybe, yeah. maybe Campus Santos is the Half-Life 3. <laughs> They're the missing key to Half-Life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Half-Life 3 no. is just going to be a walking simulator. No good. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Valve did say they're getting back into making games, I believe. Yeah, they... The beginning they of this actually... year, January this year. Um, and they're releasing that Dota 2 card game. Yeah, uh, like Sometime Architect? this year as well. And they said they're making other games beyond that, which they've just yeah. been doing Steam for the last what like five years or something like that basically yeah. so yeah pretty well, much this must be part of that yeah i mean it's definitely a good pickup by valve i think that's a good good investment that will you know make a good return hopefully for them but yeah interesting to see uh how this changes up uh that studio and if uh, we see any changes there um so our last uh, main news piece is that earlier today uh, Bungie uh, had a Destiny 2 uh, Warmind reveal stream. And so this is pretty much just the one stream that showed pretty much everything they're going to be saying about the new DLC, which is dropping in two weeks. And um, there's a cinematic trailer that they put out that's like all like CG cutscenes. looks really gorgeous. Um, those do a good job on those cinematics that they do. Um, and basically you're going to be fighting alongside a new Guardian character named Anna Bray. And you're going to take on basically this hive army that had been frozen underneath the surface of Mars. So basically the polar ice caps are like melting and it's basically uncovering all this secret technology underneath the ice. So it's very mysterious. And then there's also this like hive army that was buried underneath the, the ice as well. So you'll be fighting this hive army. They're called the Grasp of Nocris. And uh, you're going to be basically fighting to get to Rasputin's core. And basically, if any anyone played d1 like rasputin is a name that you heard a lot yes and it was basically this war mind which is basically like a crazy supercomputer that ai yeah crazy ai supercomputer that can like communicate with every other basically machine throughout like the milky way and command like nukes and missiles and bring destruction upon us all if it wanted to and so it's finally kind of diving into this mysterious character that we've heard so much about and kind of had small missions about, but really going to be able to s- learn more about this mysterious Warmind character that I think a lot of Destiny fans have really been wanting to explore more. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed that they do a better job than they did with explaining yeah. Osiris, which is the last DLC, which like, hey, remember this yeah. character? Oh, here he is. Okay, now he's gone. And we don't actually develop yeah, him at all. I mean, I think my question actually is like, are they adding in new raids or a new raid or are they adding in new strikes or anything like that because i feel like this the story content will be cool but it'll probably be like maybe five hours long at, yeah. at the longest something you usually like, play through once something you and... play through once or maybe a couple times or whatnot but yeah like, well they is are going to be significant changes and updates added they are adding the in game more i think it's inter- three three strikes or something like that okay um and then they're adding in new crystal maps and the new maps from now on for all expansions they announced are actually going to be free for everyone Oh, so nice. That's you don't, cool. So even if you don't buy the DLC, you can still yeah. play Yeah, and they're, re- they're releasing all the old DLC maps from December for everyone, too. And so everyone gets free maps, which is really cool. Private matches are coming to the PvP. Um, and then they're putting a new ranked Crucible modes where you actually go up and down in ranks, kind of like, you know, old school Halo or something like that. Yeah. Where you, 
there's that leveling system and then there will be exclusive rewards based on ranks that you get so you're actually like going working towards something which is something destiny 2 has a problem with yes uh which is good and then yeah this new character anna bray it's basically like this super awesome like tomb raider like character like she's just like super agile is climbing like up the side of an iceberg and she's um you know a female asian character who like the developers the tweet afterwards like yeah we're super proud of having this character like be kind of our main focus of this dlc because i mean you look at most big triple a like shooting games like those type of characters usually aren't in the forefront so i think that's kind of cool mm-hmm. as well but yeah and there will be a new raid layer as well so cool it was not gonna be like a full not like full raid, but... 10 hour raid or whatever but it will be a little bit longer than the last one that they put in so there will be there'll be new challenges there'll stuff. be new challenges yeah new raid content and then the thing i'm actually excited for the most is there's going to be a new kind of horde uh, mode that's like survival based and so, so basically like fire fight Kind of. of, yeah. Well, do you remember Court of Oryx in Destiny 1? Yes, yeah. It's basically, imagine that, but over an entire like event, because it's a public event among like the map, and you fight seven waves of different enemies, and every wave gets harder, and you're doing with other people who are on the map too, and then once you get to the seventh wave, you fight one of five different like bosses that are really hard and then every week that you do it there's different bosses and each boss will drop a different reward and so like so it will be a lot like core yeah and so you're wanting to go back and you can initiate Mm -hmm. it whenever you want and depending on the week you might get certain rewards and fight different people so it mixes it up but um yeah so it looks like they're adding a pretty good amount of content it should be better than the last expansion but i think still a lot of people are going to be kind of waiting for the big september update that's coming out so yeah. yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at this point with Destiny. Mm-hmm. Like, I just kind of w- want to wait, let all this content build up, and then in September when the new update Skip drops, splurge. I'll just <laughs> splurge and play, play everything I haven't played yet. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be great. Well, and they'll yeah. probably come out with a pack like they did with Destiny One, where they just bundle yeah, it yeah, all I'm sure together. Yeah, they'll come out with like a Year One or Year Two edition. Yeah, of Destiny Two. Or yep. Whatnot. And that's so. they even kind of confirmed that 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 it's coming, and they actually did a really cool thing last week where they invited. Uh, dozens of like Destiny streamers and like content creators and like lore masters, just like community members, and they basically spent two entire days doing this summit where they sh- previewed content that was coming ahead, asked what they thought about changes they're going to be making in the fall. They showed them a brand new mode that we haven't even seen yet, and got a lot of feedback. And it, from what I've seen online, it looks like it wasn't just like PR crap. It was like actual like people were like, we really want to know gonna... what you want and like. Yeah what do you think about this? Is this a good idea? Do you want this or do you want this? And so, I mean, I'm not saying destiny two is going to be fixed. Me the best game ever this fall, but it looks like, you know, we're heading in the right direction, which is I think good for everyone. Yeah. So cool. Awesome to see. Um, good games get better, but all right. Segment two, we are going to jump straight into Nintendo Labo and God of War. Is it Labo or Labo? It's Labo. It's Labo, like a lab. Yes, you are having your own Nintendo lab. And let's throw an O onto it to make it sound like Nintendo or something. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, cool. So, and that's a little bit of a tongue twister. Jeff, yeah. you've played kind of the most... Like, you purchased Nintendo Labo Pack 1, is that correct? Yes, I, I purchased the Variety Pack 1. And so, basically, there's two packs out right now. The Variety Pack 1 um, is retails normally, I think it's... and then the uh, robot kit is $80 and so that's the second pack and honestly I mean the robot kit looks kind of cool and it's very complicated but I really like the variety pack because it literally comes with I think there's 
five or six different main activities that you can do and build. So there's a bunch of little smaller things that you build. Well, the robot kit is really just one thing that you're building. Yeah. It's very complicated. It's very involved in stuff, but I kind of like having a bunch of different little projects that you can decide to work on and mess around with. Okay. So, so, which, so which ones have you done so far? Yeah. So I've done the RC car, which is the most basic one. It takes about five minutes to put together. And Nathan, you even made this one. Um, yeah. It's like, that's the one where you put the joy cons on the side and you can kind of move it around. Um, yeah. It's almost like a, like a little bug or something. And so it's not actually uh, a car. It doesn't have wheels. It has, it's like a, I mean, they call it a car. It doesn't look <laughs> yeah, like there's a basically car, these little like spikes on the bottom. And so like when you activate on the touch screen, you, you're controlling basically with a remote using the switch tablet. And when you activate a joy con, it rumbles and it makes it move a certain way mm-hmm. and you can kind of switch the frequency of the rumble, which changes how fast or what directions it's going. You can use the little IR camera on the end of it to like spy on things. I activated this one like mode. I didn't know what it did, but like I pushed this button and it starts playing like ice cream, like music. I'm like, what is going on? And then it starts like chasing after my little amiibo that I had like on the floor next to it. And it literally has like an auto targeting mode where the IR camera will pick up any near object and just chase it and follow it. So, so like, like if you move the amiibo, it'll keep chasing. Yeah, it just ended with my hand. Like I was just putting so, my hand around in a circle, and it just started spinning around, like chasing me, like it's an actual like pet or something. So what you're saying is, you can it'll play a little music to lure children in, and then it'll attack <laughs> them and chase them around the exactly. room. Exactly. Yes. No. Yeah. It'll eat them. My daughter was very confused and slightly concerned anytime I drove it near her. <laughs> just staring, like, what is that thing? <laughs> but yeah, the IR camera is cool because it's like. You know, I put it on the floor and I went into the other room yeah. and I could use it to kind of you know, spy in a way. And it's it can see in the dark. So, like, I put it, like, in my kitchen cupboard and, like, you could I could see all, like, the mugs and stuff but like that. It can't see very far in front of it, right? Like, just yeah, a couple inches. Yeah, the quality's not great. And, you know, I can't see super far away and stuff like that. But it is, I mean, the fact that you can literally spy on yeah. people from another room using your video game controller is <laughs> kind of a thing that I don't think most people expected so, the Switch to be able to do. Yeah. So what else, what else have you built besides the, the car? Um, yeah, so the RC car is the basic one. And then the other one I have completed is the most actually complex of all the Labo, and that is the Nintendo Labo Piano. And um, the piano actually took me about three hours-ish so, to complete. On the, on, the, on kind of that question right there, is are they hard to construct? Like, is it easy to construct them wrong? Or is this like Ikea furniture where you <laughs> get to the end and you have three leftover parts that it says you shouldn't have? Yeah, no. Th- if it's like Ikea furniture, I think that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. That, the, the coolest thing about uh, the Labo is there's tons of different pieces but it's all very organized. Like I think of like Lego, right? Like when you get a new Lego kit, like pretty much every single piece is all in like basically like a little Ziploc bag that you have to open up, right? Yeah. And you have to basically sort through this giant pile to find, you know, the two pieces you're looking for that's in the picture. But with Labo, they put out the cardboard, they print it out in sheets. And so basically the, I think the piano had like nine different sheets. And so all the piano sheets had like kind of a black trim around it and all the other kits have different colors. So I could easily identify, okay, these are the piano sheets. I took them out and then it has a little A, B, C, D, E, F up in the corner. And so literally when you start, it's like, all right, we're going to start off by making the top part of the piano. So grab sheet A and then it shows the sheet up on 
you, on your switch screen and it'll say, okay, pop out these six pieces that are highlighted. And so it's very, very easy to like know what pieces you're using, which ones you're not. It's not just like pop out every piece and let's try to figure it out. Like it's mm. it definitely guides you through and the it process. It gives which is you step-by-step really nice. step instructions okay. yeah, as to what you're doing. Exactly. It gives you step-by-step. Step. And so the main thing you do is you get it out and you have to fold in all the creases because the cardboard's super thin, but it's surprisingly like durable. Like it's a lot stronger than I thought it was. When you first think of cardboard, you think of something wimpy, but like I feel like these ones fold and crease and they're pretty solid once you actually put it together. Now, if I stepped on it, it would probably break, but like it feels like it's pretty good cardboard, which is awesome. But yeah, okay. and then the the switch screen has basically a 3D diorama of the cardboard pieces and the model that you're making. And so it explains every step, like things will move. It's like all animated. You can move the 3D model around and pause the instructions or go back at any time. Um, so it's really easy to to follow along. And I didn't really ever get lost as I was doing it. So okay, that being said, good. I am an adult. You know, I think if a kid was doing this by himself, it might take him a lot longer or yeah. there might be sparks like, oh, wait, like I messed up. I need to go back and figure out what I did wrong. But yeah, it's... It's pretty it's pretty complicated and there's lots of different parts, but it walks you through it very nicely and the presentation is like it's so Nintendo, like it'll yeah. it won't just say like fold crease A and put into slot B. Like it'll yeah. say like, Hey, remember those creases? You guessed it. Time to fold them again. Make sure those creases are nice and good. That's what my grandma used to always say. <laughs> just like just has all these random little jokes and like kind of funny. ways in there to make it entertaining and like oh, like what's next oh you guessed it we got to put this part in and make sure it's nice and snug it'll be a little bit tight and it really does a good job of walking you through it which is really nice. okay so you'd say if you could build a a lego set you could build one of these labo yeah totally if you could if you can build a two three hour lego set like labo is right up your alley and you should totally be able to do that fine i'd say it's even easier than lego in a way because the instructions aren't just 2d yeah photos yeah like it's so, a 3d model that you can manipulate which makes it really easy so question i have for you jeff i'm 26 i don't have any kids yeah um <laughs> can i buy labo have fun with it and enjoy it and feel like i got my money's worth without having kids to to do it with or something like that like can anyone buy this and have fun with it do you think um i think that you know it's it was definitely a lot of fun to put together like even my wife and i like we kind of put it together like as an activity like the two of us did it together and it was a lot Mm -hmm. of fun doing that um so that is part of it but like obviously once you build all the kits you're not really probably going to build it again sure like like you can't really take it apart like legos and and create something yeah exactly so like once i built it all you know takes what maybe 10 12 hours to build everything in the the variety pack like you've built it and you've kind of already had that fun now i think the real value in it comes in customizing your different things like i I'm going to be using this with some of my students and I'm thinking like, Oh, like I'm going to have them all build their own little RC cars. And then I'm going to put them through maybe like obstacle courses or like have them battle each other and have them go and like customize it. So like maybe theirs is all green and has spikes coming out of the side. Oh, maybe the other kids is red and you know, something else. And so if you're really creative and you want to get creative and customizing it and making it look cool, adding different things onto it i think there's value but if you're looking just for like something that's complicated and challenging to build um and just have it on a shelf i would say probably not worth it okay um and then again i like i said i've only played really the piano and the rc car i'm almost done with the motorbike but i haven't really gotten into the software side of things of like the actual games yeah like actually playing the games yeah. and seeing what they're like i've messed around with the piano studio and it's 
amazing like what the piano can do i'm just so impressed with <laughs> the technology behind it and we're actually going to play a little uh, little uh, demo on the piano for you here in a minute but uh but yeah there is kind of like a mario kart type game i heard for the for the motorbike and like a fishing mini game and the house is like an interactive thing but yeah i think they're more definitely geared towards kids and so i think if you're an adult what's going to bring you in is all the coding aspects of it because I haven't really deep dove into it yet, but I've seen amazing things on the internet already of like people coding buttons and motions to do different things. Like I can code my piano to control my RC car and do different actions based on different notes and chords that I'm playing. I can have my switch, like I can turn it into a guitar if I want to. I saw someone make like an alarm clock out of the coding somehow. So like if you really like coding and that kind of stuff, like in your kind of a, techie i think you could totally mess around and have a lot of fun stuff with with uh that that side of it but that makes sense but do yeah. you th- do you see this as a long-term thing so i know you've only played it for a little bit do you see it like if you came back in a month or two would you still be playing this yeah i think um actually robin i'm gonna cut you off because uh uh jome 20 on twitter actually asked this question he said uh oh, does nintendo true, yeah. labo have staying power or is it cool to put together around with, but you can't envision yourself playing around with it like after a month? Yeah. So, you know, it's obviously, it's kind of yeah. too early to tell. <laughs> Ask me again. Yeah. You've, you've only had it for like a weekend. So. Yeah. I got it picked up Friday. So I've only had a couple days with it and I haven't even made half the things yet, but um, I think it is really cool to put together. It's a lot of fun. And like, if I was a kid, I would have probably already made like all five of the things in yeah. the kit already. Like, yeah. Um, so it is really, really fun to put together and it does explain how you do everything. So that part's fun, but um i don't know me personally how much i'll be using it you know regularly like i said the reason i picked up was more to use it with my kids and my students and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and so i'm looking for it from like an educational environment because like you know at schools we're always looking at ways to do things with stem with you know technology and engineering and stuff like i teach a minecraft coding class right now which is a lot of fun so any sort of stuff like that i'm interested in so um it'll be hard to see Hard to see, but I definitely think it's going to sell really, really well. Like yeah. all my students, when I told them about it, are just like psyched out of their minds for like when we're doing it. So yeah. it's really, really exciting. They, I think kids are definitely excited for it. And so, I mean, even the, the it comes with like the game case and a cartridge, and it literally just says like variety pack one. Like very clearly, there's like, going to be there's going to be a variety pack two, three, four. Like we're yeah. going to get multiple sets probably every year for the next couple of years, unless it yeah. really bombs, which I don't see happening because it's just really like so dang clever like and it's got that nintendo charm so um so yeah i guess i think it's kind of hard to tell um if you're a kid i think it would probably have some staying power but then again knowing kids and wanting to move on and get the latest tech as soon as a new variety pack is out they're gonna want to throw the old carbo down get the new ones i'm sure so yeah so but i mean i guess you could say it with really any any sure any any toy toy or a new thing but yeah, I think if your kid is old enough to be able to mess with the coding side of it, yep. it could definitely be a really long-term, uh, long-term project for them. Cool. For sure. Rob, so. do you have any other questions about it? I know we have one more question from uh, Twitter, right? Uh, yeah, actually, we got a question from Dan Mara on our Facebook. Oh, okay, on Facebook. So, so uh, Dan asked, "Is it worth it, and is it a game changer?" So it's kind of a, a general question, but well, like I said, it's worth it if you have kids especially if they're anything into building or legos or you Mm -hmm. want like or you want to encourage them you want to encourage them to be more creative and and discover and create things rather than just 
you know, sit around and race Mario Kart all day. Like you wanted to do something. Yeah, that's active. true. Like I took I this out. I was doing part. it outside. Like I was using the tablet. I was playing it outside and really putting together cardboard. And it was a really fun project to do. But mm-hmm. um, I think the second it, part of that question is the bigger, more important yeah, one. Is uh, it a game changer? I, I think it is a game changer. Like when we picked it up at the store, like there was a whole other section that Google had already put out, like apparently this like Labo clone where like they have this Google cardboard stuff that's supposed to be kind of like Labo where you put it together, punch things out and you build things. So like this could totally start like a whole like whole trend of a bunch of people STEM cardboard yeah. activities. Like none of them are going to do it as well as Nintendo because Nintendo's charm and software stuff like they just are so dang creative. But like, I think it totally could be a new fad for the next yeah, couple years. Totally. Especially with phones and stuff like that, where you can just put your phone in there and, download an app or yeah. something like that. Oh, I, think, cool, yeah. I think most of all, the labels to show me how creative Nintendo is and like, you know, none of us would have ever guessed like Nintendo was going to put out these cardboard no, exactly. peripherals like, that do these crazy things. When that first like no. three minute video came out about it, everyone was like, wait, what? How does this even like, work? We don't understand how it works, but we it looks really cool and we think Nintendo said their goal is to sell 20 million switches in the fiscal year of 2018 and I think this is one way they could do it. Yeah. So uh, I'll definitely kind of keep you guys updated over the next couple of weeks as I start building the other kits and let you know if mm-hmm. you know my impressions on if the whole pack is it uh, on its own is worth it. But yeah, I, I really really love the piano and Nathan is actually going to play us a little composition here on the piano. Listen very carefully because the normal piano sounds will just go through your switch's speakers, but you can actually put in a modifying knob that the IR camera reads and it translates all the notes into different pitches played by the Joy-Con's rumble itself. And so Nathan's going to play some notes here, and you're going to hear notes, but it's actually the rumble mechanism inside of the controller. And it's just kind of so cool once I realized, like, wait, I'm playing a song with a controller's rumble. Like, this is so cool. That is crazy. That's crazy. Um, So go ahead and take a listen to Nathan here. <laughs> yeah, so sorry, put you on the spot I, a little bit. I, you're I, not I'm really sorry, a musician, but. <laughs> people for murdering your ears. But it is really cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, really, super really cool, cool piece of tech. All right, so we're gonna jump straight into our God of War impressions next. And guys, this game is just insane. Like I, I love it, and it is awesome. So Rob, you haven't actually played this game yet, correct? Yeah, not yet. Okay, I'm so kind of saving my money for uh, becoming human Detroit. yes for yeah. detroit yeah uh so i'm gonna have you kind of moderate this discussion and kind of ask the questions and stuff like that since Nathan myself and, and both... jeffrey have i've put about 10 hours into the game so far about like five ish okay around five okay yeah. okay so then i guess the first thing we have to talk about is so far this game has gotten like what are this game's gotten 10 out of 10s and 95s and like some of the best ratings out of any game in the last few years how, what are your guys' first impressions of this game? Do you feel like it's on that scale? Well, it starts off like no other game I've seen. Like literally, it'll show like it shows Kratos. Like we're not going to get into spoilers. We won't get here. into spoilers. But no spoilers here, Like guys. literally, from like the moment you start the game, you push start. Like the menu just kind of fades away, and like the game's already like running. And like for the rest of the game, it's all literally one camera shot. Which you know they kind of touted before, but to see it actually in action is just something that's it's never been really, done before. Yeah, it's really impressive. Like, when they talked about it, I was like, oh, that's really cool. There's been some movies that have done that. and But to actually see it happen in a game is... It's just a really 
very cool storytelling mechanic. And because of that, God of War feels like maybe one of the most cinematic experiences I've ever played in my life. Yeah, it totally sucks you in. Like, it's not kicking you all the way out to do these pre-rendered cutscenes and, okay, now you're back in and now we're in another part of the game or whatever. Like, it's literally all woven in so it feels like you're always playing and you're always involved and like every there's so many side conversations that happen as you're playing like between kratos and his son and amongst the world that always makes you like curious about like what's going to happen next and like want to know more about their relationship and you know you mentioned like this game's getting you know perfect scores all over the place and yeah for a game to get a perfect score like it really has to you know absolutely nail everything so like for what i've seen like and what I've heard of the music is, like, impressive. Like, it's this amazing cinematic music. We're going to play some at the end of the show for you. Like, the graphics are the best graphics, like, I've ever seen. This is like, the best, best looking better looking than game. Horizon Better, better Zero than Horizon Dawn, Zero Dawn. Better which, than Uncharted 4. That's yeah, saying a lot. Blue that's saying a lot right there. And so, like, seeing this game, like, I finally realized, like, the true power of, like, 4K with, like, HDR and everything. Like, I tuned my settings and everything. And so these colors are just, like insane like the art design is incredible it weaves in like the norse mythology and lore into really really interesting ways and i've like just cracked the surface like i'm sure so like yeah everything about this game the voice acting the performances like everything about it is just like i mean there's not really (laughs) much to complain about so yeah and i i think the the way to answer your question for me rob is just it's the first game since last since breath of the wild last year to like hook me and grab me and be like, you need to keep playing this game when I'm not playing about it. Like if I'm at work or doing something thinking else, I'm it, yeah. thinking about it. I'm like, oh man, I want to get back in there and get yeah. back to that thing. And a lot of times, a lot of video games like do that to some extent. But this this has hooked me in a way that a game hasn't hooked me since Breath of the Wild last year. And you oh, guys okay. know how I feel about that game. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, so how would you? So I know that they don't have cutscenes throughout the game, correct? They don't. Are... So the kind of the way they handle like storytelling moments and stuff yeah. like that is you'll storytelling be... and character development. That's kind of what I was looking at or thinking yeah. of. Yeah. So the, you'll be playing the game, and then kind of all of a sudden you'll be like, "Oh, I don't have control." Like I told Kratos to move to the left, and he didn't do anything. Or like I went to um, open the door, and now he's exactly doing a little mini. So the camera scene. will like the camera will sometimes it'll like pan around Kratos, like it doesn't cut, but it'll like kind of revolves draw out a little bit to give you a little bit of perspective kind of maybe pan around can't uh kratos or pan around another character you're talking to or something like that um so that's kind of how it handles doing actual cutscenes. and then okay. the story development is really cool because um kratos has his son atreus um that is basically always with you so similar to something like bioshock infinite or you know the last of us or something like that where you have another character um that you're talking to Okay. And the most interesting part of the story so far is just their relationship. Like Kratos is obviously very gruff and he, he, you know, he has this, you know, the background that he has and he doesn't really know. I think he's yeah. not quite sure how to be a father. And, um, yeah. And, it, and his son is basically trying to like prove himself. And like, it's kind of like a coming of age. Like he wants to become like a man and like show he can like be a hunter and survive on his own. But like Kratos is constantly like, no, you're not ready. Like you don't know what you're doing. Like, yeah, listen to my instructions and stuff like that. So would you say, so I, one of the biggest complaints when games have a companion like this is my companion is the dumbest (laughs) AI controlled NPC ever. And they run right in front of me and then blow up. Yeah. So on, no, on that scale, how is uh, Atreus? That's that's Atreus. Uh, Atreus. Atreus. Yeah, yeah, that's such a common problem, like you said, Rob. Like that was my biggest fear going into this game. I'm like, 
either like he's going to be super dumb and like get stuck all over the place and it's going to be like a nuisance or like really annoying like kid or like it's going to be like way too overpowered and he's just going to like destroy everything for me or you're going to be like the Kirby star allies or it's not a challenge <laughs> but they hit just the right balance with this game and like putting the sun in like with you at all times isn't the worst thing in this game like I thought it might be it's actually like the best thing like because it gives okay. Kratos dialogue and it gives him reason to talk about what's going on and his feelings and like about the different things that are happening and there's actually a lot of characters that you meet and like every other god of war game you never really met or interacted with any other characters it was just kratos would would grunt and be angry and he'd see a god and then yell at him and then kill him and then go to the next god and yell at him and kill him like there was never really any development or actual dialogue and like complex relationships so and as far as like combat works and stuff like that like he can't die so like even if he's getting wailed on or whatever like he'll kind of go yeah. down for a second and be i guess incapacitated like yeah. he can't shoot you, arrows Kratos or anything Larry like that goes over you bush square and he'll just pick him up and go like get up boy fight yeah um oh, so okay. you don't have to worry about it's not like an escort mission you don't have to worry yeah. about keeping him alive um but he is super helpful in combat too like early on um you kind of get a atreus button where you press square and then he'll shoot um arrows and stuff like that and then as you progress further in the game like that actually becomes key to um, defeating certain enemies and mm-hmm. stuff like that because he'll stun yeah, yeah, yeah. different enemies. And then he, um, as you level up and get better, uh, Atreus also gains better abilities to help yeah. you more in combat and stuff like that. So the way they've woven okay. it into it is really yeah. cool. And he has his own progression too. It's kind of like a party member in like Mass Effect or something that like oh, okay. you can choose to spend experience that makes his arrows fire faster or do more damage or get him better armor and like he's like really capable like yeah. he'll go up and like choke out enemies sometimes and i'm like dude like take it easy kid <laughs> but but yeah no it's so you're never like failing because of him like every time i die it's my fault it's very very like fair and like well balanced like combat yeah it's it's not because of the ai character so apart from having this companion that's with you constantly, as well as we know some of the other features, the camera obviously is a huge difference. The combat is with an axe instead of Kratos' uh, traditional chain swords. Um, and obviously it seems like there's more story development behind Kratos and his character. What are some other differences? Or like, how does this game compare to the other God of the War games in the series? I know, Nathan, you've played quite a bit of them. I have, Jeff, yeah. I've played a few of them. I've yeah. played one, um, most of two, and then part of three. So, <laughs> I played okay. all of three and like half of one. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, so between the both of us, we've gotten like through all of them. Exactly, exactly. All the main it's, ones. It's really interesting because, like, at first you start off the game, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is not like a God of War game at all. Like, Kratos is the same character, obviously, but you know, you actually care about him and he tone has emotional very, story very beats. Different. The to- tone is very different. Um, it's a very kind of like mature coming of age like jeff said storytelling game yeah um but actually the more i've played of this game the more i'm like oh this kind of does feel like a god of war game like god of war the originals um some of the good things i thought about them were they had these kind of create you were going to these kind of crazy outlandish places and exploring those um and fighting seeing your way crazy through that. creatures yeah seeing yeah. crazy creatures like environments that you would never actually see in real life yeah. like heavenly environments and stuff like that and yeah. the further you get into this game the more you kind of start to see of that um more appeals back kind of the north exactly uh, world yeah the brutal the combat is obviously very brutal it's a different style like over the camera mm-hmm. um over the shoulder and stuff like that so it's not the same but it is still like 
you're doing um, like a he- you have a heavy attack and a light attack, and you're kind of comboing those together and into different ways. Um, I will say it's not quite as gross as the old ones though. Like the old ones are very much like you're killing things and we're going to see blood everywhere for shock yeah. effect. But like this one's more like you're fighting kind of like reincarnated like Viking like skeleton warriors, and so that's more like you're. They have fire inside, and so you're seeing crazy fire and ice particle effects, which yeah. definitely mixes it up, and there's, it's a lot more fun to see than just the same, for like, sure. oh, I ripped off the head for the 40th time, there's blood everywhere. It so. is still, like, pretty brutal, though. Like, there's still yeah, there tons parts, of animations sure. where you're just chop yeah. someone in half, or, like, you can grab someone and, like, rip their head off. And so, I want to say there is, like, it's not as brutal. Like, it, it doesn't show it as, I'm just saying as it's closely, not just, like, I guess. pure red blood. Like, it's, yes. like, it's taking more of a mythical approach, and it's showing different things rather than just straight up like <laughs> chopping limbs off and blood spouting out like the ridiculous yeah. you know yeah. original three but i think so then the crazy thing is it's not it's not really like it doesn't even feel like it's part of the other games almost like kratos yeah. definitely is the same character and they're they allude to him being a god and you know some of the things he may have done in the past games but you can totally play this game and never have touched like any, any of the god other of war god games, of war and, like, games totally just be my question. And enjoy it yeah like it's it really, in a way, it's like a total fresh reboot, like totally different game. Even the combat feels different in ways, at least at the beginning, because like I find myself going more and seeking out kind of one-on-one encounters, which uh-huh. the enemies in this game don't respect at all. Like you'll have six enemies all mob you at once, but like you, I try to kind of break up the pack and like freeze a character with my axe, and then kind of go one-on-one with a certain character while in the old yeah. ones you would just whip around your chain blades and like get you know 80 hit combos and kills like seven guys at a time so it's a lot more personal in like every every uh every moment of the game yeah like every uh, you have to use dodge and block and parry a lot as well um versus just kind <laughs> you have of to actually the, use defense right? yeah yeah i think i got through the <laughs> entire crazy. like god of war 3 with like blocking only like once in the entire game like you don't use it at all so then I know you guys are pretty early on in your playthrough. Yes. But 10 out of 10, does it deserve it? Uh, Early on, I would say, yeah, like the whole story is very, very intriguing. I'm really curious to know kind of what happens. And then um, I think the gameplay kind of starts a little bit slowly, like the first couple hours. Yeah, for sure. You're kind of going through corridors and it's teaching you different mechanics very slowly. is a it's kind of a big, long tutorial. Yeah, exactly. But then there, you get to maybe like three, four hours in the game, and you hit this certain point, and the game kind of opens up, and it shows you. It not only opens up, so you can explore different areas and stuff like that. Um, and it almost there's even parts where it's like a Metroidvania where you go to somewhere and you're like, oh, I can't get in here yet, but I think if I get an item later on, I should be able to come back here and open this and unlock it. Um, and then uh, it also like kind of throws this whole rp rob you're gonna love this it has this very very deep like rpg mechanic Mm. system thing that i wouldn't expect out of a god of war game like it's it's i think it's way deeper than something like horizon zero dawn oh okay uh because you definitely kind of feel like spec your character like yeah exactly like you so the way like the leveling up works is you don't actually level up kratos uh you level up his armor and his abilities and stuff like that and his weapons okay and so you can you can level up weapons, you can level up uh, armor, you can uh, eventually, once you get high enough, you'll start getting uh, certain perks that you can, or enchantments is what they're called, and you can equip them to your armor and to your weapons, and they'll allow you to do different attacks and have different stat bonuses yeah, There's and really stuff a like lot that. of customization that really wasn't there before. Like, 
God of War's only customization before was like in three. I think there was four different weapons, which pretty much all controlled the same. They just you know had different animations and maybe were more effective against certain enemies. But there wasn't really any customization. This we I've only cracked the surface, but I can just tell there's many many different paths to go and yeah. skills and weapons and runes and exactly. And there's a different there's a like it's there. like like you said you level up Kratos, you level up Atreus, you level up different aspects of Kratos, like shield and axe, axe and Spartan Rage, bow, yeah, exactly. All yeah. the different stuff. And, like, we haven't talked about the axe yet. Like, the axe is the best part of this game, because it just feels so good when you, like, throw the axe, and, like, it does this cool rumble, then when you call the axe back, it comes swinging back, and will, just like Thor's hammer, will, like, knock through, like, multiple enemies, and Kratos will just catch it with like his hand up above his head and it'll do this crazy rumble again and it's just the most satisfying experience just chucking it off in the middle of nowhere and recalling it. it comes back every time and I mean yeah it feels good they do a good job of like making it so like if you left if you threw your axe then you like walked far away like it'll take a little bit longer to come back and also like you you'll clattering. hear it like clanging against a <laughs> yeah. tree or something like that that it's hitting as it's coming back so it is really really cool I mean, and he never really had an axe before, so this is a totally unique weapon, and everything is based around the axe or just using, like, mm-hmm. hand-to-hand combat. So, like, you will you can use an axe, which does maybe a little bit more damage, but if you use your hand-to-hand combat, you'll do stun damage, which allows you to insta-kill enemies. Um, you can parry people with your shield, and then, mm-hmm. you know, you can use the axe to, like, freeze enemies in place and do different elemental abilities. So the axe yeah. is just... Really, really cool. It takes a little while to get used to, but once you get the hang of it, it just is um, a ton of yeah. fun to play. It's really fluid. So. Cool. Awesome. So it sounds like you you both would highly recommend this game to yeah, this just is, about yes, anyone. Everyone needs to play. Everyone needs to play. <laughs> I, obviously, I haven't finished it yet, but it's got to be one of the top PS4 games, I think. Well, like, people have been saying it takes like 25 hours to complete just a first playthrough. Like, we're not even like... I guess maybe yeah. a quarter and there's of the way. So many, quarter of the way yeah, and there's so many different uh, like little discoveries you can make. You start opening up side quests, side quests and, and yeah. different collectibles you get as well. And you were saying like you're having really done the main stuff, not because the main story is not good, but just because all the no, side quests I mean, is I, just I, as I, interesting. Like I spent like probably four four hours um, once I got to kind of the first opening up part, just going around and doing side quests and seeing new things and stuff like that. And it's totally worth it. Um, yeah. And those story moments, I feel like, and the things you get out of that are just as cool as the main story stuff. Yeah, and you've been playing on normal difficulty. Yeah, right? so I'm playing on normal. So There's like, four different difficulties. What do you think about normal? Because um, I've been playing on hard. And I've been getting my yeah. butt kicked. Like, is normal still a pretty good challenge yeah. too? So or? I I've really enjoyed normal because uh, like it's not too hard. It's relatively easy. I've you get through most encounters. Like how many times um, have you died? Just I've probably saying. total. I've probably died like 30 times, 30, 40 okay. times, or something like that. Okay. Um, but so still, it's still good. Amount. Yeah, it's I still like I'll still die to certain bosses, or you come to new new enemy, and you're like, oh, I don't know how to fight this, or this thing is kicking my butt, and you fight it a lot. Um, but I am still able to, uh, I'm able to get through, get through it, pro- progress and get through it without being too frustrated. Like I think the longest I've spent on any one single fight is I spent like. 20 minutes fighting this one boss and it took just took me a while to figure out what the best strategy was for beating him yeah so for me it's the perfect amount of challenge without being too frustrating making me want to say hey i'm gonna start to stop playing this game because i can't progress i was tempted last night because i got really first i got stuck in about for over an hour (laughs) i was going over and over and like it was frustrating just because i would fail like it was i feel like it's almost like like it wasn't unfair Yeah. yeah it wasn't like oh like crap like that was unfair like it was 
I very clearly like, oh, I should have gone around the other way and thrown my axe or done this. And so it's very fair combat. It's very rewarding when you complete an encounter. And now that I've kind of gone through that initial one, I've gotten to upgrade my strength and stuff. I feel like I'll be fine. But getting through that first five hours was definitely very challenging. Like enemies had a ton of health and stuff. So yeah. the challenge is definitely there and it's a good yeah, challenge. It's, it's really not, it's not a bad challenge, mm-hmm. which is and you can, kind of rare in these type of games. Like Horizon was very easy throughout the entire game for mm-hmm. the most part. So yeah. I think it's I think it's really good that that cool. challenge is there. So we also got some questions on Twitter um, from, uh, I think it was Chelsea Witt and Jome 20 again. Um, thanks for sending those in. I feel like we answered, I think, most of those already. Um, but if you want any other clarifications, just yep. hit, us, shoot, up on hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> at HeyListen underscore games. We'll try and talk to you more about that. But yeah, yeah God of War really really good so far and excited to play more safe to say this is a game if you own a playstation 4 that you need to yeah. definitely play yeah and i also want to say really quick uh, i'm playing just on a regular ps4 and my tv like doesn't have hdr or anything like that mm-hmm. and the game still looks absolutely amazing yeah so even so, if you don't have like a ps4 pro or anything like that's that, awesome it's good to hear it still looks crazy good so there you guys go. Uh, really way too early 2018 game of the year. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the front run right now for sure. But um, this, I will say, just that's kind of closing here. This reminds me of, like, the the highlight of PlayStation 4. Like, I don't think any game will ever, like, look this good or maybe even be this good for the rest of the PlayStation 4s. Like, life cycle and, like, when I see this game and how good it looks, like, I think what are they going to do for the PlayStation like 5? PS5. Like, how can we make this look yeah. any better? Any better? Like, I'm just blown away with how amazing this looks. This is everything I imagine, you know, this generation to be able to do. So, like, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think, like, we're just going to see um, games all look I, like God of War? Or are we going to see something I think it'll probably this? be, like, games will pretty much all... Like, the thing about God of War is it's not completely open world. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of... It's more open, contained. More contained. There's some open areas you can explore and stuff like that. Similar so to, like, I think, the recent Tomb Raider games. Exactly. Kind so of I think world. whenever the next generation inevitably does come, it'll just make games bigger and... Sandboxes. Um, sandbox boxes That's bigger and more beautiful. And yeah. More characters and people on screen and all that kind of gotcha. stuff. All right. That's fair. That's fair. All Makes right. sense. Well, let us know on Twitter if you have any other questions about God of War or Nintendo Labo. We'd love to chat with you there. Um, we're going to close on with what we have been playing. So, Rob. You haven't ha- said anything barely the last you, 20 minutes. You so haven't been played Labo. You haven't played God of War. What I know. have you been playing? So I've been playing really indie games. I found uh, I sound really kind Rob. of snobbish <laughs> saying that. No, I played two games in my Steam library. Um, I picked up, a, like I said, I picked up a Humble Bundle earlier this uh Oh, uh, like a month or two ago, and so it had another A game for me. And you I was like, back? "Go back." <laughs> I was like, "Do I go back? Do I not? Do I just press on and ignore it?" And I was like, "Eh, I'll go back." It, it must have been like a pretty was... interesting game if you went back to play it, even though you already got. It didn't games. look like it was necessarily going to be a long game. I think oh, that's okay. more why I shorter went back. Experience. It looked more like like shorter experience. It's called Action Hank, and so, not so Hank, like, Hank Hank. Like H E N K. Like H E N K. What is a Hank? <laughs> I don't know. You still don't I'm know after playing. I'm assuming it's the main character of the game. Okay. The game is basically it's a platform runner, so oh, it's cool. side scrolling, and you have four controls as of now. You run either direction, 
mm-hmm. you slide or you jump. You can't shoot or anything like that? There's no shooting. There's no anything like that. And it's literally like race against the clock or race against like the old school games where you'd have someone that you yeah. would race against, like a ghost or like a another character. Like and if you beat the character, yeah, yeah. If you beat the character, you unlock that character. Okay. But it's not that like is... auto run, like bit trip runner no. or something like that. You, you no. manually run. Okay. You actually hmm. have to run. And so that's the whole premise of the game. That's is it. it. Is it fun? <laughs> it was it was in entertaining for a time. I it sounds like I'd like to mess around to, with it. What's the I got to style? The, it's very like cartoony, like almost like action hero. It looks like it, okay. so it's it looks like it's set in Andy's bedroom. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Story. Like a like, like the race oh, car. That sounds like action Hank. It sounds like it's like a, like a toy action figure or something. That's yeah, exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. And like it starts off with like this news blooper or reel and all this stuff and all this crazy stuff, and then the camera pans out from the old school television showing action Hank, and he's got like the muscles and everything. <laughs> That's cool. To show action Hank, and he's got like a beer belly and stain on his white tank top and like look <laughs> so it's very ironic this is it's why a, rob is playing it it's kind of enjoyable and we'll see if i ever go back to it <laughs> how, how long did you play it for 20 minutes 20 minutes so the nor- normal time okay i okay. did i played through the first set of levels and then started playing the so the last person the last race in the levels there's like six tracks and the last track is you race against someone, and if you beat them, you unlock them. And I literally spent, like, probably five or ten minutes of that 20 minutes trying to beat this person and couldn't. So I kind of gave up yeah. for a little bit. Right. So nice. we'll see if I go back. I may, I may go back just to see if I can beat that first character. It'll, it'll keep you up at night. <laughs> play anything else? And I did play a game called Broken Age. Um, it's called. Uh, it's done by uh, Double Fine. Yeah, Studios. yeah. Tim Schafer, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I've heard it's really got, good things about that. That game seems like a Rob like, game to me. It's oh, yeah, very totally. like Telltale, like Lucas Art. Like it makes me feel like I'm playing a Lucas Art, like the the Grim uh, <laughs> or stuff, and like yeah, Monkey Island, like that style and the click and point and like the unconventional solutions to problems i think that's probably one of my favorite parts is you have to solve this problem and you know while any of us would be like oh there's a nail obviously you hammer it in with a hammer but no you have to go find a bucket and then you got to fill that bucket with sand and when that bucket's full of sand you pour (laughs) you know water and then it's got to get hit by lightning so now it's like you know you got to do all these like that's not actually something in it. I okay. just was getting you like saying like you got to do what like, you think uh, you would need to solve the puzzle to get the the project done. Yeah, and it's divided between two characters. I'm probably about three fourths of the way through the game. Oh, nice! Oh, wow! Nice. And it's it's really good. I mean, I'm really enjoying it. The story is really interesting. The characters are both really cool. They're um, the boy, so it's a guy and a girl. The girl, I don't know the actress, but the boy is definitely um, Elijah Wood. Oh wow! Frodo Elijah Wood, <laughs> Elijah Wood, as well as I heard uh, one of the NPCs was played by voiced by Jack Black. Yeah, yeah, Jack Black's big friends with Tim Schafer. Like he's gonna be in Psychonauts too and stuff. Was, <laughs> and this one was probably my favorite. It's like this super ironic, like hipster lumberjack who like talks about decor and everything, played by Will Wheaton. 
Uh, of course. Of course. So, Rob, I like, actually had this game on my PS4. I think I got it as a PS Plus game, but I've never played it before. Like, do you think I would like it? I think you would love it. Okay. It's it's really entertaining. It's, I really like Psychonauts. I've been meaning to play. I just never got if around you to like it. you like Psychonauts, you'd probably like this one. And also, if you like Monkey Island or some of those old school, like, click and point adventure games or point and click I think I said click and point last week also. And it's point and click. The genre is. Either like, way. Um, if you like that type of game, you'll like this one. This one's one of probably the top point and click games I've played. Cool. Is the is the perspective like you see a character and you're kind of moving them around? Like the old yeah, school Monkey like, Island? Like, like side scrolling. And you click on certain spots of the screen and you walk okay. to that spot. And, okay. Yeah, cool. side scrolling essentially. Cool. Awesome. Very cool. Um, for me, outside of God of War and Labo, I actually started playing yesterday a game called A Robot Named Fight. And uh, I'm going to give kind of a full review next week. It's an indie Switch game. It's coming out in the uh, eShop on uh, this Thursday, the 26th. And it's basically a Super Metroid uh, clone that's like all roguelike. So basically every time you start the game, it's totally new and you find different power-ups and it procedurally generates everything. Wait. And yeah. If it's roguelike, then it's not like you're not like shooting something and then like coming back to it and finding upgrades and stuff like that later. No, or... yeah, basically you start with like nothing. You just have okay. like you can jump and you can shoot your standard like beam. Okay. And then as you go, you'll find rooms and bosses and things, and you might find oh now I have the charge beam. I can charge and open electrical doors. Oh, now I can shrink myself so I can get under gaps. But... Oh, now I have high jump. But if you die. You lose everything, you start over on a new run, and you'll find an ice beam on your next run with speed boots, or okay. maybe this boss, and you'll see a brand new boss you've never seen before. And so every run is totally different. And you every time you die, you lose all your equipment, and you start over. Okay, so you don't carry over anything. Yeah, so you don't carry over, but you do unlock like new things, like okay. so you can find new things every time you do a new run. But so far, okay. it seems like a really kind of faithful, cool adaption to Metroid. And there's not really any other Metroid-like games, really. There's Kind of some Metroidvania type games like SteamWorld Dig and stuff, but this is like straight up like you look at it, it looks like Super Metroid. It's so, like sprite based. Yeah, all sprite based looks very similar to the original art style. So I am uh, liking it so far. But yeah, check that out on the eShop. It comes out Thursday, and I will give you a full review, and let you know whether or not uh, that game is worth your time uh, next week. Let's have some more time with it. But Sweet. Do want to say uh, I'm playing? Cool. That. It's uh, pretty cool. It's called a robot named Fight, and it is out on Steam. It's been on Steam for a while, so this is the first console that they are bringing it to. So. Sounds yeah. good. All right. Anything else, Nathan, you want to share anything or just been God of War? Uh, uh, <laughs> like I said, God of War has hooked me. I haven't played anything else beyond that. That's all I can think so of. So good. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure you guys will be hearing about God of War for the next couple of weeks as uh, Nathan finishes up yes. uh, that game. And yes. stuff. Mm-hmm. Good. So, all right. Well, that ends our show today. We will leave you with the uh, kind of the main overture from God of War by Bear McCreary. Go ahead and enjoy this cinematic, operatic piece as we uh, leave you. See you guys. See ya. See ya.